Hello, everybody, and welcome to As the Pin Turns, episode 44. That's two F's and fours for finally freaking recording again. Uh, my name is Brad. I'm with the Mythic Pin Company, as usual. <laughs> and with me is one of my intrepid co-hosts. You gonna Jonathan of the Carolina Pin Company. Yeah, do your thing there. All right, Jonathan, good to be back, man. I know it's been a few days. I mean, a few days is is a vast understatement, but it's been a little while yeah. since we've recorded an episode. The been too uh, long. Yeah, the summertime showtime doldrums, I like to call them, you know, kind of gets in the way, family and all that kind of stuff. Not getting in the way, but takes up some time. And uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, trying to coordinate schedules between you traveling for work, us traveling goes jason with his everyday life and every you know in our family lives and such yeah it's a uh yeah yeah it not can the easiest be, thing to do it can be that way sometimes right but we are back we're going to try to get back on our schedule yeah. i think the the pen show schedule has eased up for for you a little bit i think is that correct yeah i'm done for the year okay so that'll that'll make that um, I don't have too many trips. I think I only have one more big trip for the year to make. So uh, we should be able to get back on schedule every at least two to three weeks in between episodes instead of months. Uh, might be a good thing. So yes. uh, I'll give my catch up speech real quick. We're going to try to keep the introduction light tonight. This is an interview show. It's been a while since we've had one. So um, I haven't been up to much. I haven't been able to get up in the shop very much at all. I'm trying to liquidate some of the inventory I've got on my website. Um, haven't been able to make a whole lot of pins. I've got a large order that I'm trying to finish right now. And it's like, I'm down to 15 ball points and you know how it is. You can't just drill a hole in the body and make a section and the converter just fit just fine. You have to be careful about how you drill. You have to be, you know, you have to know about the depths of the, of the sections. And then I, you know, I cut all the nose cones and everything into the material. So I have to, it's, it's a, it's a lengthy process on those type, um, pins. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Yes. I always find it. Yeah. I always find it funny how roller balls and ball points are considered, you know, less expensive or they're traditionally less expensive than a fountain pen. <laughs> yeah. But a fountain pen is so much easier to make as far as the tolerances. Like you said, you have to make sure your refills are drilled out, you know, within a millimeter or two because the travel, when the mechanism's in place and things like that, it's got to, if it sticks out too little, it looks weird. If it sticks out too much, it looks weird. Yeah, you've got, a, you know, a lot of measuring and a lot of stop and go with ballpoints, roller right. balls, and things like that, especially if you're making. The nose cones. And I don't so, yeah. I don't like using um, springs. Recap so. for me. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I don't like using springs. I like them to fit. Oh, perfectly. yeah. Yeah. See, that's so, the that's the safety net. Yeah. Sections come first. I drill those out and then I'll put the insert in there and I'll just drill a little, test blow it out with some air, test fit it, drill it a little bit more. And you know, it's like that brass nut though. You turn it and you just need a quarter turn more. And what always happens snaps off just because you know you put a little too much tension on there. So that's where I'm at, folks. That's that's the state of the shop. We're going to be um, I'm investigating some <laughs> new some new business avenues to add to the business. Um, 
looking into right. a couple of things to diversify a little bit. Some other, you know, one one maybe uh, possibly another luxury type item, and uh, then some not so luxurious type items just to diversify a little bit. Try to branch out and uh, get into some <laughs> not other markets, but just kind of add a little bit to the market that I'm in. So, what have you been up to? Uh, well, let's see. When was the last time we were on was twenty twenty one July. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's 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 been a hot minute. So we've had three shows since our last episode. I know that much. We had DC, San Francisco, and Orlando. I was in DC and San Francisco, which is why the scheduling conflicts kept coming up. Uh, had amazing shows at all of them. I didn't do Orlando, but uh, I heard it was a good show. And that's pretty much been it. We've been working like crazy before the show, during the show, and now after the show. Right. <laughs> um, I'm working on getting product photography done of all the remaining pins. Uh, but before do before doing all that and making product pages for the website and correlating it with lift with, with remaining commissions to see what might fit uh, certain people's orders and getting those taken care of and just a lot of tedious office work right now. The fun part, right? And blank casting because. Yeah, yeah. It was it was thankfully a bit slow on the blank side of things as far as large orders go during the summer. And now that all the shows are over, a lot of the manufacturers are coming to me with orders, which makes sense because the majority of my large company uh, orders come from Italy and they take the entire month of August off. It's that like would be nice. The month of August for in Italy. That yeah, would be they take awesome. the entire month off. Yeah, so so that worked out for me as far as the two biggest shows of the year go. You know, right? Um, I, yeah, Leonardo did. Uh, uh, I should say Salvatore with Leonardo uh, was in DC. I got I got to meet him in person finally. That was a uh, a big uh, bucket list item for me. And uh, Greg Guy, you know, even more proud to work for them or with with them, I should say. I mean, you're on a first name basis with them now, right? And, uh, so y'all are just buddies, seems like. Yeah, yeah, it was a uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun, um, but you know, but now the shows are done. I am very happy about that, and now it's. Just keep on top of everything in the meantime and get ready for uh, next year's show season. Right. Like you said, uh, diversifying, trying to come up with new ideas and some new avenues to pursue, you know, be a trendsetter, not a trend follower. Yeah. If I can, we'll see. Yeah. That's always a, um, it's always a struggle. Staying kind of, you know, current without following the current trends to the point where it seems like you are not being original. Yeah. I mean, being original is, you know, a key part of who we are as makers. So 
you know, new try at least, right? I did. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's part of it. I did remember one thing. Uh, I was uh, honored to be featured in the uh, newest issue of Pin Tracks from the Southeast Pen Pen Collectors Club. Um, Rich from oh, cool. the uh, Southeast Pen Collectors Club interviewed me and put nice. me in their their newsletter. So thank you to those folks. Um, That's thank cool. You. Um, thank you to uh, Rich Lappin um, for that and getting me in there. So people all over the Southeast can read about little old me. Did if you get a chance to meet him in Atlanta? I think so. Um, I believe so. I, I donated. A, I think I donated a pen as a, a giveaway that they had at one of their meetings. And I think, gotcha. I, th- I believe so. I, I met so many people that uh, sometimes names, <laughs> trust faces, me, I know. <laughs> faces. I'll remember names. Not so much uh, right off the bat. See, I'm the other way around. I'll remember a name, but it won't remember the face. So we just need to hang out together every time we go somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And I'll be like, who is that? And then you'll be yeah. like, well, who is John Smith? And I'll be like, oh, it's that dude over there, right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the buddy. Actually, system. no, no, it wouldn't do any good because I don't remember the names. <laughs> so names and faces would not match up. So we'd be point. It would be pointless, and we would not do. It any- would still be fun. Yeah, it'd it still be, be fun to try playing guess who. You know, right? Um. So yeah, episode forty four, man. If only Jason were here to join us. I know. Um, Jason <laughs> is indisposed this evening. Um. Yeah. I think yeah, we were finally able to get two of the three of us together. So <laughs> we said that's 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 majority rules. We're going to go with it. We need right. to get an episode out. Right. Um, <laughs> and speaking of ballpoint pens, I just have to, again, I, I picked this up. One of the Lamy. Uh, that was the, DC last three, year, right? The three color pens. I picked this up at DC and I just grabbed it out of my uh, my pen holder over here to 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 write with during the show. And again, I'm, I'm I marvel at this pen every time I pick it up. It's the th- it's the four color pen, but it depends on you know they have the four colors up around the yeah. uh, the the band. And if you have the red portion of the band up, the red portion the red ink comes up. If you turn it to where the green is facing up, the green that's some engineering right there, man. And I, and I marvel at this every time I pick it up. It's the that's uh, some cool stuff. The Lamy, what is it? The two thousand ballpoint. Yes. Crazy Alan made me a crazy deal on this pit when we were in. Oh we were gosh. In yeah. Yeah. Let's <laughs> crazy Alan. It was, it was a great it's deal. The bill. I could not walk away from it. You know, how did you not buy a vanishing point from him? I, I don't know. <laughs> he like chases people down with them. Like say, you need to yeah. buy this pen. Yeah. Well, he offered me one and I was like, no, I'm looking for, cause I think Brett, was it Brett that picked one up? And he came God, by and showed remember. it to us, and I was like, "No, okay, I'm going. I'm going searching now. I have to go find one of those." But yeah, shout out to Lamy on the the ballpoint engineering. Good job. <laughs> so, what are we doing? We on to the interview portion, or do you have I, more? I, no, I think we're good because our our uh, interviewee has a lot of input and feedback on much of what I would go over in the uh, catch ups part of the episode. So we're kind no of pressure. Gonna- no pressure. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> All right. So, let me begin the unmuting process here. Um with us tonight from Minnesota, we have Michaela Jackson. Welcome Michaela, new pinmaker on the scene. How are you doing? Yes, welcome. Hi. 
Yes, thank you. I'm doing very well. Thank you. <laughs> we didn't keep you waiting too long, did we? No, no, that wasn't bad at all. <laughs> no, everybody else we've interviewed has waited a lot longer. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to say that that was probably the shortest recap we've ever had. We made a concerted <laughs> effort, concerted effort to keep that as short as we could. Um. So yeah, thanks for joining us. Episode 44. Uh, you're one of our, and I don't mean to use this word disparagingly at all. One of our newer pin makers, right? Certainly. Yeah. And we are just a bunch of, you know, old, old dudes hanging out usually in the pin world. And it's good to get to know the newer, the newer makers on the scene. We've had, I think we've interviewed a couple of newer makers here and there, not just the older, the old guard type type makers <laughs> it's good to get the i guess yeah, the tough. the new blood in into the into the community um out there you know it it one of the hardest things and one of the things i was talking to the 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 atlanta crew about was one of the things that's difficult for newer makers is to get your name out there and to get your product out there and to get noticed and things like that so happy to help new makers get their get their names out there so thanks for joining us again um, Jonathan, yeah, thank I'll you let, for inviting me. I'll let you kick it off since you actually wrote questions down. Like, oh, uh, thank, thank you so much. <laughs> hey, just because I have a free 15 minutes before we get started, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? No, I've, uh, I'm actually very familiar with Michaela and, and your work, so uh, I believe we got uh. At, talking at first on an Instagram post you had made prior to DC, where you were talking about uh, cleaning up the threads after uh, polishing and everything, getting all the gunk out of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you you gave a very helpful tip. That three in one has been incredible. The struggle is real with cleaning threads up, though. It is, uh, <laughs> yeah. But once you find what works, it you know it's a great. It's one of those things you're like stick with it. Yeah, one f one less thing I have to worry about now. Yeah, so I guess uh, easy obvious question to to jump jump into is how long have you been into pen making and how did you get started? Sure. So um, I've been doing it myself two to three months, two months. Oh wow! I think July, August, September. So yeah, probably two months. Um, I got started, so I actually awesome. bought a pen from you, Jonathan, in Atlanta, and that was that, and I bought one from um, Iron Feather, and those were my first two maker pens ever, and um, my dad has always done wood turning, and he did some kit pens, so I bought some bought some okay. rods for him, and I was like, here, and he's like, I, I don't know how to do a kitless pen, <laughs> I, I do kit pen, he had no clue, <laughs> <laughs> so... We started kind of researching and then I saw like more makers in Chicago. I went to Chicago as well. And I was like, man, we really got to do this. So I decided for Father's Day, I was going to buy him stuff to get started and have him make me pens. And that was my plan. So I bought him for Father's <laughs> Day. I bought him, you know, all of his taps and dyes and the, the like niche kit from Turner's Warehouse and all of that. And so then every time he was turning, I wanted to be in the shop watching him. And I'm like... I kind of wanted to do that. I'm like, I could do this. Like, so I started turning. He had a little um, gr grizzly mini, and I started turning on that. And then I, 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 I want my own lathe. So, 
So I just bought my own wave and started turning from there. That's a dangerous, dangerous statement to make. I want my own lathe now that. Yeah. Right. And and what's worse is he lives next door to me. So I actually keep my lathe in his, his garage because we have all the tools there. So we, and we share everything. So. I, just, I don't know if that would be worse or better. I think I would rather have my stuff in somebody else's <laughs> so yeah. I can dirty up somebody else's place, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's got, he's had all the shop vacs and all that stuff already <laughs> on hand. So I just, Man. I didn't have to deal with that. I can just use his. <laughs> Remind me what, yeah. uh, what lathe you ended up purchasing for yourself. I think I remember, but I'm going to hear from you first. Yeah. A Powermatic 2014. Yes. So you went yeah, for the. On- the 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 lowest quality one you could find obviously <laughs> good lord the powermatic stuff that's that's good stuff my, my dad gave you so much crap for it <laughs> well we you a, know we have a rockler just i don't know 10 minutes down the street from us and uh i went and i was trying it oh everything was just so smooth on the powermatic yes. i was like okay like, i kind of want that one so when we used to have pen turners gatherings uh locally we would meet up at a, uh, a family-owned uh, shop, and they had they would have a like large vessel turning uh, clubs and a pen making club, and I would go and they were always on the same day, so I would just go you know an hour or two early and watch the the larger demonstrations on the um, vessels turning side of things. And they had the giant Powermatic that they would use for that at, for as a demo lathe. And generally, when we did uh, the pen making side of things, they would sometimes roll the Powermatic away and just and bring out either a Delta or I think it was a, a Jet for us to use. But every so often, they would just get lazy and just let us use the power that giant Powermatic to do the itty bitty pen stuff on. <laughs> It was just comical. Like a 40-inch <laughs> bed lathe with the tailstock pushed all the way up to the end. Yeah. That's the one my dad uses. He's got a <laughs> <Right>? giant jet. <laughs> and he tool, turns like pool, like pool cues oh, okay. and stuff like that okay. on it, too. And so I was very intimidated by it. I'm like, I need something Oh, small. awesome. <laughs> pool cues, now that's, a, that's a rough one. Um, you know, and but it... <laughs> It it kind of depends, you know, a lathe is not one that I've decided, you know, with my experience, I, I bought my first metal lathe and it was, you know, it served me well for the year or so that, you know, I used it, but it just wasn't built for what we do. And that's one of those tools. I don't think you can get away with kind of cheaping out on as much as you can with drills and, and other things no. like that. A lathe is one of those things to where if you can get the higher quality, you know, nicer brand when you start out, why not? Um, it saves you a lot of heartache later on. I got very fortunate when I was looking, it was on a good sale too. I did not pay the MSRP price or anywhere close. So that can't helps. blame you for oh, that. Okay. <laughs> can't blame you for that at all. Um, yeah. so when they last, well, when they're made well, they do. That's I hope it does. <laughs> um, so being yes. one of our newest pin makers on the scene what have you learned since you've been turning that that you would pass on to somebody who would want to get into the community or get into the hobby uh what are some of the the fresh lessons that that you've learned my first one would be don't get disheartened when you're making sections (laughs) 
Just that seems first. to be a constant with all of us, doesn't it? Yeah, the first, however, I, I don't know. I mean, because for the first couple of weeks, I was it's, just watching. Yes. And my dad cracked section after section. I mean, we we really had to learn that. Um, the, I guess the intricacies of how, how to do them well. And so definitely don't mm-hmm. get disheartened. And also, I've ha- had a lot of fun. Just don't be afraid to experiment. Like, play around with your pens and see what what you like what you don't like use them and then try again and fix it (laughs) on the next time you do it yeah yeah definitely uh don't get married to one shape one size you know you said explore expand your uh your imagination as far as that goes but yeah with sections it's the i've taught many people pin making here at my shop and sections by far, it was everybody's worst uh, transition to learn. It's just one of it's the weakest part of your pen, right? And your tolerance is so small. Like, yeah, and they it's, take it's a lot more to... a lot more attention to detail, especially with the tenon on them. You're not going to get the wall thickness on that tenon very, very you know thick at all because you you have to have it big enough to get in the pin and you have to have it you have to have it small enough to to get into the pin and large enough to accept that converter and all of that and i tell you that's that's probably the worst part i had when i first started out i couldn't remember am i supposed to thread it before i drill it or drill it before i thread it and i didn't shatter the bodies of the sections i always ripped the tenons off of them because i drilled it out yeah and then tried to thread it. And of course you want to get a good thread. So you give it that last little at the end and it just <laughs> tears the tenon right off of it. So, you know, once I figured that part of it out, I was like, oh yeah, I've shattered a few of them since then. You know, <laughs> it still happens to this day every once in a while. Every so often. Yeah. It, you know, like you were saying, tolerance wise, there's, we're dependent on the, you're always dependent on your nib and your filling mechanism. So those two will kind of dictate the smallest pin you can make. You know, yes, you can make, you know, I think Jim has a 15. No, no. I think he said he's making Jim Hines of Hines pins is making like an 18 millimeter cap the body pin now. And I'm just like, <laughs> hey, at, one, at some point you're going to have diminishing returns. He <laughs> beat me to it. Yeah. Well, at some point, you're going to run out of material. I mean, the size it's not going to be big enough. Yeah, I mean, you just have to make a bigger blank. You know, he's got Elise who, you know, Starry Night Resins that does the majority of his materials. So, you know, casting larger blanks is not a uh, difficult aspect. But I definitely feel you on the section part of it. I was chasing a piece of color in one the other day on the on the wood lathe, and it just got too thin. I was chasing that pattern. You know how we do every once in a while, you'll see something that sticks out to you and you just want to take a little bit more off and develop that pattern just a little bit. And uh, yeah, I had two pieces instead of one very shortly (laughs) after I started doing that. So, yeah. Yep. (laughs) We starting out, we had, we would line up all the cracked sections. We had this depressing little graveyard. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I like that idea. I should have, I should have started doing that years ago. I say years ago, like it's been 10, but it hasn't. Um, it's been more than one, more than one, less than 10. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, and it's a good point to make though. You can't be afraid to mess any part of it up. You have to, 
you have to get in there and 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 you have to make mistakes to learn i believe is what i'm trying to get to my brain is yes <laughs> my brain is making its way there to that point um and i remember one time i was turning it was my last piece i think if it was an earth magic that i had laying around it was my last piece and i'm turning the turning the finial off of it you know getting it i had it on the metal lathe and i'm getting the finial cut and i just cut right in and saw a hole in the middle of it and i was just like well went a little bit too far yep and then i looked over and saw some acrylic and i was like i wonder so i just threaded the hole and put some acrylic in there and you know <laughs> it's kind of uh you know lemonade out of lemons kind of thing yeah it helps sometimes <laughs> <laughs> um so michaela have you always been in the fountain pens before the turning and everything like that and your dad because i know you said your dad was making uh kit pens and things like that but were you into fountain pens prior to all of that this is where it's going to be embarrassing i've been into fountain pens for a year <laughs> Okay, that's not embarrassing just, at all. I go hard into hobbies. Like within a, <laughs> within a year of being into fountain pens, I have a lathe and I'm turning my own. <laughs> and I've been to three pen shows now. I go hard. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing yeah, wrong with yeah, that at I, all. Not, I not at all. I think from from listening to your shows before, it seems like there are people who turn and then do kitless pens, and then there are people who are really into fountain pens and then kind of do kitless pens. And I'm definitely fountain pen first like that's the only thing i want to turn is fountain pens like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was the former i was getting into turning and then i transitioned into the kit list and then the custom pens and now i you know yes i'm running with a rollerball tonight that's because i'm not in my office but in my office i have like six pens fountain pens inked up ready to go all different nibs with different grinds and different color inks and yeah, I'm just as bad as everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, even if you if you start just turning them, you're gonna get into them at some point. You know, right? You start. You start. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to make the reference. Just obviously, but you start using your own product at some point, right? Usually, that's a bad thing in most businesses, but in our <laughs> but in our business, yeah. it actually, you know, and it kind of strengthens strengthens what you do a little bit once you actually get into to using the pens and it helps you a little bit in your creative process in my opinion definitely oh, and I, I found like i wasn't doing for a long time a step in the body i was just doing one bit all the way through and then i was pulling it out of my pen patch i'm like why is my converter rattling like every time i pull it out so mm -hmm. i started doing a step and i stopped that and like i think using them and being a user has been really helpful for my turning aspect Yes, because yes, you have quality control, but that's not a that's not something I would say is a uh, quality issue. It's more of a use issue, and so you're you're like like we mentioned earlier, you're you're learning as you go, and you're basically troubleshooting your own products. Is the way I, I look at it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah it functions fine. It's just it's a little more pleasant. <laughs> I know there was yeah. more than one time I called you and I'm like, dude, what am I doing wrong? This is just not working. You remember when I was getting lopsided sections really bad? Yes. And I, and like one and, and it didn't make any sense because it was spinning. You know, you shouldn't get a lopsided part if it's turning. Um, I don't know if I ever figured out why it just stopped happening. <laughs> so question it. Yeah. Something aligned and just 
leave it be. I don't like, I'm not going to tempt fate and, and, and change <laughs> what I'm doing, you know, because it, it finally worked out, but yeah, there's, and it's one of those things to where it's good to have this community of makers and, and, and whatnot, because you can reach out to somebody and say, Hey, I've been having this issue. Um, does anybody have any ideas? Oh, definitely. As to, as to how to fix it, or should I just not worry about it? Some of the issues, there's little things that we 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 that happen to us as makers making pens that we just don't worry about. You know, uh, especially internal issues. A lot of times, it's not something that will necessarily always need to be addressed. But there are those right because I it wasn't until yeah, I mean maybe a year or two ago where I finally started doing this step drill on the inside of the body uh, because I would make the back end of the section uh, to where the converter would slide up just enough to have a nice snug fit to where it wouldn't, it would kind of hold it in place. And so it couldn't rattle, but you know, as we were talking about, the more you use your own stuff, the more you realize things. And as the converters wear out, that gasket wears it'll get a little bit looser, a little bit looser. Then you start hearing a little bit of that rattle. So yeah, I started doing the step drilling. Uh, I don't cut the, uh, uh, a relief behind my threads anymore. I cut a relief inside of the caps inside the bodies instead of cutting that groove behind the threads. Some of us cut reliefs, but just not as deeply as some other people cut them. You know, (laughs) <laughs> yes you still use them um and so am yeah I gonna there's have to, a difference between the two yeah am i gonna have to start <laughs> step drilling my bodies now since everybody else is doing it is that something i'm gonna have to start doing with my bodies i don't i don't want to have I, rattly, again, rattly pins. Not broke, don't fix it well now it's like yeah. now now my pins rattle in my brain that won't have anything to do with the rattle can't can't let them rattle you're gonna be going <laughs> Yeah, now I'm going to be trying right. every one of them. <laughs> oh, man. See what you do to me, dude. You, you bring this stuff up. and, and There's now. that and turning or leaving yourself a uh, a positive stop inside of your caps for your section to butt up to creating a nice seal for your nib. So it's yeah, I, haven't, I haven't done that. I just I hope that the threads are a nice enough seal for the nib right now. <laughs> Unless it's like a demonstrator type cap, and then you want to, you don't want to see the the section, and then a gap, you know, yeah, a quarter, you quarter inch above it or something. Yeah. Yep. So you know, and there's a lot of makers that were um, into fountain pens. I was into fountain pens first, and I went to the show and got into making. You know, so <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I ran into this dude, and <laughs> he he called. He made me spend a lot of money over the last few years. Uh, <laughs> I've cost you some money. That's for on sure. this on this hobby of ours. You know, um, <laughs> I do think those that that started in the fountain pens first and pen, and then the making second, I do think they have a leg up on people who were into turning first and transitioned into the pen making side of things, because you already have that notion of how a pen should write some of the troubleshooting on how to make it right properly. Whereas the other way around you're, you're starting an uphill battle. Cause yeah, that's the one thing I had the hardest time doing is tuning nibs, figuring out, okay, why, why do I not have flow the right way? Somebody says, Oh, can you make a pen similar to a sailor or a Pelican? I had no frame of reference as to what those were. Back in the day, right. 
you know, now, yes, I own Sailors. I own Pelicans and right. Mont Blancs and, you know, all the all the major brands. So I have a frame of reference. But in the very beginning, I had no idea what people were talking about. And it's one of those, like, I opened one of my pens one time in the section. There was just ink all over the outside of the section and in the cap. I was like, why is this doing that? It turned out it was my first cracked Yovo housing that I found. Oh. Um, <laughs> didn't, and this was, this was before we had the problem. This was like a year before the problem started or be- before we realized probably that we had a problem. Right. And I could not keep it. Could not. It was actually one of yours. Um, it was, uh, I bought an oh, earth thanks. magic. No, it's not. <laughs> it wasn't a manufacturing defect on your part. It was, it was a, I bought a matte finish earth magic, um, Charleston and could not keep ink off the side. It turned out it was, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, it that. was a, it was a cracked housing on the nib, you know? And so we start learning that as, as users. And had I, had I had a cracked housing in one before, it would have just gone, yeah, but now I know how not to crack them if they're prone to cracking. But, you know, outside of that, hopefully we're yeah, not I've had some people come a problem up to me at shows. Any. Yeah, I've had people come up to me at shows with that exact issue. And it, whether it was a pen I made or another maker pen, uh, they would say, do I, they would always ask, do I know what it is? And I said, I'm 99% sure. Take the nib out and sure enough, you know, and I was yep. just, pull one of my nibs apart, give them housing and send them on their way. Now I know every time if I see ink in there Mm -hmm. like that, it's a cracked housing deal with it. Just put another housing, pull one out, you know, pull a nib, put a new housing in it. You're good. So, um, I I'll let y'all let you get to the show question after this one, but Michaela, what's, what's your next step as a pen maker? I know I was looking, I was looking over your Instagram feed, um, and seeing, I mean, I'm seeing some things. You've already put a bands in pins. I'm seeing clips already. Um, so what's the next step as far as right. your pin making? Two, three Is there, do what? <laughs> <laughs> he he keeps he keeps locking up, and I can't hear all of what he is Nothing. saying. You would, have to, you would have to bleep it out. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So um, it was just, I, I muttered under my breath. Yeah. Two months turning my butt. Right, right, right. Yeah. It took me a year to put a clip on one probably. Um, but you know, like I said, what is your next step either design wise or your next, you know, how we all kind of, we hit those plateaus or those next steps as well. We did this, we did that. We did this, we did that. What's, what's on your horizons. Sure. So right now I'm kind of wanting to finalize a couple. I, I want to get like a model that I love and I want to go to pen shows because I love pen shows, <laughs> like the atmosphere, the people, <laughs> everything's awesome. So I, that, that would be like my goal. I don't like selling online sounds stressful. Selling at pen shows sounds so pleasant. So I think at some point I would like to expand and do that. Um, yeah, I, I like doing the, I've been doing um, epoxy bands and I really am having fun playing with that. I just finished a pen where I did like a thicker band on the cap and then like a thinner band towards the back finial. And so I'm kind of playing with like the thicknesses of my bands. I'm liking doing the epoxy because I can have like a continuation of the pattern and it's not broken apart okay. at all. So I'm, I'm having fun just experimenting with that and different materials for finials. And I love just the unique touches you can get for maker pens. So I'm trying to just figure out ways that I can kind of make it my own and do that. So right now I, I really want to get a couple pen designs that I just love. And I'm going to try to hopefully next spring, I'd like to go to some shows and see what happens. 
I got to awesome. get to more shows next year. I just. They gotta, are gotta. awesome. <laughs> I think, shows I think are the reason, so much fun. I think the reason I want to make pens is so I have an excuse to go to more pen shows. Well, you know, it, it offsets the cost of going at least, you know, if you, if you at least offset your plane ticket and your hotel fare or your, your plane fare in your hotel room, that's worth it. Well, that, at that point it becomes a write-off. There you go. It's a business expense. So, that's true. okay. So want to get to some shows and we've noticed a trend, I think in, in, in the pen world right now, where it seems and I, I'm sure other makers can attest to this. It seems like sales are going more the way of in-person sales right now. Was you know since the shows have been as um, I should say as readily populated as they have been, and you know we've had a lot. Of, I mean, we had a lot of people come through Atlanta, and I think we had more. Oh, it seemed yeah. like we had more coming in the room than we did the year before. And I think some of the online sellers are. I don't want to call it suffering from that or not. It's not suffering from it. It's just that there's been a, I think there's been a little bit of a shift in the market to where more people are going to want to be buying them at shows. And I get it. You get to hold them. You get to, you know, you get to write with them. You get to take a better look at them. It's hard to photograph pens. We've, you know, we've dealt with that for years and uh, I got to get us some more shows. That's a great idea. Yeah. More and more and more shows. Yeah, Speaking I, of shows. I highly recommend doing shows. Yes. Speaking of shows, so as I mentioned, the recap we had DC, San Francisco, and Orlando. Uh, let's we'll start with DC. I was there as a vendor, Vin, vendor, vendor. A vendor. Forget you about it. You a vendor? Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You a vendor now? Not even Italian, and that was coming out of me. <laughs> Boy. Uh, so I was a vendor in DC and Michaela was there as an attendee. So I was waiting till now to actually get into the whole DC show. Um, that way we can kind of bounce our, uh, experiences off of one another as a vendor. It was insanely busy. Uh, sales were amazing. Um, seemed like everybody from the attendees and the vendors were all having a good time um, I would say the biggest negative to DC was, was the traffic flow and all the choke points. Yeah. And Michael, I want to get your feedback on from your side of the table. How did, cause you got to see the entire show. I never left. I left my room once on Sunday. Oh, wow. And I danced to even walk around and experience it. So if you wouldn't mind kind of run me through your whole DC experience. Yeah. I, I thought it was a wonderful show. I like how it was like, they did have some points and tr it was just so busy that I think traffic jams and something like build up of people stuck in an area is kind of inevitable with a show of that size. Um, so there was definitely difficulty moving through, but it was so awesome. You were kind of like, whatever, <laughs> like this is fine. <laughs> uh, I like I liked the way they had it laid out. I like they had um you were in with it was like a lot of the makers kind of seemed yeah. to be in one room. Yeah, we were all had... kind of in that back corner. <laughs> yeah, which I, I the only thing was I kind of worried it wouldn't get a lot of traffic. So it was kind of not intuitive to know to go to that room. A little bit. The 
having the uh, Toyoka craft table in the back left corner and Ian shown in the back right corner definitely made sure traffic was flowing to those back corners. The only downside was a lot of people weren't cutting across that the entire back half of the room. So vendors like Sean Newton and JC with Nip Taylor, they didn't get as much physical foot traffic, but people who knew to look for them still made a um, an effort to get back there. Yeah. Yeah, I thought every every room you went in was packed, which is good. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like they had, you know, all the vintage in the big room. And I thought it was a really well laid out show. I wish for, as just a show goer, um, people had spread out a little more in the afters. It was so loud, like in that main lobby area. Yeah. You couldn't it, hear the... people talk. <laughs> Was the marble on the floor and just the the and the ceiling? Just the acoustics was horrible. Oh, it was not great. But as a show <laughs> itself, I mean, I had a really great experience. I spent a long time at JC's table, so I got the opportunity to talk to Sean a lot. Oh, good, good. So I was at, getting Nibs worked on for like an hour and a half or something. So <laughs> Sean was just amazing and gave me all sorts of advice on you're talking about like clips he helped me and he showed me how he did his and let me take pictures of it which i feel like that's like going above and beyond oh that's awesome yeah he was he was super super helpful yeah that's it's a uh (laughs) um since since you are now a maker you have the benefit of getting to do the uh the maker inspection at every uh <laughs> like maker table of you get to disassemble the pins and take a look at everything without yeah, yeah. without having to explain it because <laughs> without a doubt if you're a maker you go up to somebody even if you're just having a uh you know a chit chat conversation you're still picking up one of their pens and you're something and you're disassembling the whole thing and you're looking at how they cut their threads and where they made their relief cuts and you know the tall you know you're when you put the cap on you're testing for tolerances and it's just the thing that we do with one another and you know you have the right to do that now so <laughs> always feel free hold, to do it hold each other accountable mm-hmm. <laughs> he was oh, great exactly. what did i miss i heard hold each other accountable that's not that's <laughs> never good to come back to oh no just that uh now that michaela is making her own pens and such she has the right of passage when it comes to going to another maker's table you get to disassemble the whole thing without having to uh, ask and yeah. anything like that. You just do it. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no, it's, it's not awkward it at all. Not awkward at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> then I got to talk to Tam at Turn for a long time. Yeah. Everyone was just so nice. Like everyone was just so friendly. Cause I just, it's kind of, I, I had waited until I'd got, five pens or so under my belt to make them so i had just gone to the dc show after i had kind of gone public with my making posted them on my instagram <laughs> aka with my like 100 followers or whatever but so i was kind of nervous about how it would be received but everyone was wonderful people are so so kind oh they were awesome i got to see them in person all well made no way would i have guessed you know you had just made them no way thank you <laughs> I definitely I, I had a leg up. Experienced turners making pens, <laughs> and they don't look that good. Hey, even though your table's next to mine, don't be talking like that, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm not talking about you. 
<laughs> not you, not you. I definitely had a leg up with my dad helping me learn how to use a lathe and teaching me tooling and bouncing ideas off of him. I've been very fortunate. <laughs> That's good. Uh, with uh, We'll jump back into DC here in a second and other shows. Uh, speaking of tools, uh, what is your favorite turning tool to use or do you have specific ones or, or multiple tools that you use? Yeah. So my dad got me from Rockler. There's a little like three pack of like small pen turning tools mm-hmm. that have, there's a square carbide and a circular carbide. And I've replaced the carbide with a negative rake. Okay. Cause it's easier because I'm, that's the most stressful part for me is shaping because <laughs> because I, I like like I'm very before my life I'm a stay at home mom before my stay at home mom life I worked in in chemistry I was in a hospital laboratory I was a medical laboratory scientist and so That's I awesome. like numbers and like okay I drill this this much I do this like they're very exacting <laughs> but then when it comes to shaping I get so nervous <laughs> and, and that's the part of the stress I'm trying to get it perfectly smooth and stuff so like I find the negative rake definitely helps with those get a little bit more even cuts. Yeah. A little bit more forgiving. You'll, uh, you'll you'll get over a little bit of that as you go. Um, I used to measure the finials on every pin to make sure I was getting them down to exactly where I wanted them every time. And every time And a couple of years in, you'll just be like, that's close enough. (laughs) You know, you, you get to where you've made quite a few of them and you're, you know, you know, when you hit that, that sweet spot for the, for the finial end versus your your taper and all that stuff yeah at some point you know using a caliper on every on every pin every time and turning it and checking it turning and checking it turning and checking it you know (laughs) stop and go stop and go yeah (laughs) Yeah. and then i also i have just a a steel parting tool and i use a micro parting tool like 1 16th inch that i'll use to get my um like the ridges that i've been for in my rings with epoxy Nice. Oh, so you're so you're cutting you're cutting a, a recess in the pin and then filling it. Oh, okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'll I mix miss, like the epoxy with the. Oh, yeah, you're. Cool. I missed it's that a, earlier. My, yeah, with like a mica powder, and then I'll okay. fill it, and then I'll turn turn <laughs> my it back. Brain, when you said epoxy <laughs> rings, my brain didn't go that way for some reason. I don't know why, but uh, okay. Well, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, not this, not the stack version. It's it's. I'm like I'm like I. I epoxy all my stuff Easy together. Yeah. It's a <laughs> way yeah. It was oh. stacking and and I, I I'm I'm ill that I missed out on DC this year. I was yeah, the, uh, I was upset about that. Yeah. Uh you I hate to say it, but yeah, you really didn't miss out. Uh, it was such an awesome show. The uh the crowd was insane. I mean it was literally just hobbling along you know kind of like a conveyor belt of attendees it was it was packed all day every day um they did um something i have i personally have been speaking on with all the shows uh this year is table location and traffic flow there's and just how important they really are because uh, Michaela, if you remember how my tables were during the show, mm-hmm. that is not how they were originally set up. Really? Yeah. Originally, uh, where Sean Allett was, the table I was sitting at was butted up to his. And then the one where 
uh, Kristen and Mark Bacchus were was uh, turned perpendicular and against uh, Alex's table. And the way that they had that. Yeah, I had an L shape, but I had a gap in between the L. So it was like almost two individual tables. And because of the way uh, we were, you know, going to be orientated with Mark, Kristen and myself, we needed to be in two side by side tables to be able to have room for everybody to sit. So I pulled uh, Barbara Johnson, the show organizer in there, and I explained my situation and she was awesome. She's like, well, let's just move this right here. And I mean, she, she put them together, how you saw them. And it made, it really did make the show so much easier. And I've had to, I I had to do, I've had to do that at almost every show this year, you know, a little tweak here or there, Uh, Chicago. um, I learned, you know, table location is so crucial because I know you were in Chicago, but I don't remember if we ever got a chance to. I don't think we did. Chicago. Pass. I did a lot of classes. Because so I, would... I, I. Okay. Well, where I was such a off the beaten path direction and my back was to the entire room. Mm-hmm. So it was very hard for people to find me. That's why in DC, I had that big banner above the table. That was why, because of what happened in Chicago, I learned my lesson you know, how to make myself more visible. And then now I've learned in San Francisco, the importance of show lights at your table. Cause it, I was in a deep, dark hallway. And even, and I had five of my, you know, the lights I've had at all my tables this year. And those weren't strong enough. Really? It was so dark where I was. Yeah. Um, and again, table location and traffic flow uh, for the. F- so, Brad, as you all know, Friday, Friday morning, I am always slammed with customers for the first few hours. I have, you know, tons of people at the table. I didn't sell the pin for the first two hours on Friday in San Francisco. Hmm. And it was because the Toyoka craft table was in this little alcove in the middle of the hallway. Mm -hmm. And I'm at the end of the hallway and they had so many people in line for two hours. Great. It blocked the entire hallway and atrium area. Dang. So uh, like all the vendors from that alcove down didn't have customers for almost two hours. Because nobody could get through, so they just went the path of least resistance and took a longer, more circuitous yeah. route into the main ballroom, and never came around to where we were. People got to buy pin cases, you know, and and pin boxes and stuff. So I guess you know, <laughs> yeah. And you know, and it's one of those things to where table placement can kind of make or break. Um, your I know when Atlanta. Not this year, but not this past Atlanta show, the last one. I remember we had a couple of makers that were in the big room. Yes. And they were not in the maker, quote unquote, room with us and Van Ness and everybody. And they were getting a lot less of the traffic of people actually looking for maker pins. And I know, I think, I can't remember if it was Adolphus I talked to or it was John I talked to. Somebody said 
people would kind of come by and go, whoa, oh, these are handmade, huh? You know, and, and, you know, it can make or break where your, you know, where your sales are going to go or where your, you know, your visibility, obviously with the, or I guess roadblocking with the, with the being at the end of the hallway that way. Yeah. And, uh, so Jim Hines with Hines pens in San Francisco, he got the short end of a, of a bad deal because of the fire marshal. His table was originally in one of the first few tables you get to when you first walk into the show. He was supposed to be right there with a couple tables, but because of the way they had the tables angled, it created too tight of a, of a spot. So they ended up having to move him uh, down a side hallway where there were other vendors too, but he was just in a, off area that's weird so it the way they had the layout in san francisco was not the greatest it was a new hotel hopefully next year if it's at the same hotel they'll kind of take all our feedback into consideration because they did come by and talk to everybody and kind of get our our thoughts and whatnot and it was you know constructive but Kind of a, you know, if this, you know, vendor X, you know, Toyota Craft in this case is so busy, you might want to put them in a place where it's not going to block off everybody right. else. Maybe we just need to hire like a sideshow style Barker when we go to shows to kind of, you know, stand out there with a <laughs> microphone and kind of talk it up and get them our way, I guess. Or maybe some like a laser show or something. I don't know. We can. <laughs> We could do it upright. So uh, Kristen has, it's actually funny you mentioned laser show. So I bought Kristen a, a literal crystal ball mm-hmm. with their logo uh, nice. laser engraved in the center. And it had a little LED light underneath it to, to light it up. The light, I accidentally left the light on and it killed the battery. So it wasn't lit in DC. Right. But it was, but I learned my lesson for San Francisco and I bought a USB LED, you know, powered LED. And it actually shot a uh, almost like a little laser show on the ceiling. Nice. So even though we were in that dark hallway, we had a little, a little light show on the ceiling. So I just started telling people, look for the light show. At least you had some entertainment, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, every, every, anything you can do to draw attention to yourself in a positive way is good. Right. There was a vendor. <laughs> um, I went to San Antonio, not San Antonio. We were in Anaheim last month for a conference, a work conference. And there was a vendor that had, it was an LED sign but it was like strips that spun Mm -hmm. and it was 3d and it had their logo and it would rotate and do all this other crazy stuff and i'm looking for the exact model of what they have because if i can find that i'm going to be horribly annoying at the next (laughs) show i go to um you know because you could put you could put your logo in and it's almost like a 3d in space um version of your logo and uh, i think that that might draw some attention might just draw some attention. Yeah. We we get we'll hire a pyro guy too. How about that? Deal. <laughs> oh man. No, we we'll hire Crazy Allen. <laughs> there yeah, you know. I don't sell vanishing points though, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's the that's the problem. 
Um, so, um, Michaela, you talk about, I don't know if Jonathan asked you this when I stepped away for a second, but what, what's been your favorite show so far that you've attended? DC. Okay. That makes sense. DC. It was just, the, it was amazing. Um, Atlanta was cool because it was my first one. And I got to do Atlanta in Chicago with my mom. Like I said, she's in Fountains too. So that was really cool. But DC, there's just nothing like it. Like the atmosphere, the hype around it, just the sheer number of tables. I walked through that show probably 10 times and I'm sure I missed, I, people are t- talking about things. I'm like, I didn't see that. Like it was just the sheer size of yep. it was awesome. And they had so many different, like, like yeah, the butt. <laughs> I'm guilty Doesn't... here. I bought a Toyota craft. <laughs> <laughs> so, but not in, but not in San Francisco. So we're no, good. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Power to anybody who bought. I wanted one, but I just, I, I just couldn't pull the trigger. I would, <laughs> I would have to say Atlanta is my. I, I, I have to give a home show shout out. You know, Atlanta is probably one of my favorites um, that I've been to because it was my first one I ever went to. Um, like sales wise and traffic wise, I would say a DC in the original room. Um, I don't know if if that room is going to be yeah. if it's still around or if it's going to be. Which used is where again. we were. We were back there this okay. year, but there were more people. Uh, yeah, that's where we map, were this year. The map looked like it was a little more crowded than it was in the past. It was tight. Yeah, it was definitely but, more crowded vendor wise, but. It didn't matter. As long as people could get in front of you, you would have somebody in front of you. Yeah, <laughs> it I'm was sure so busy. You just didn't notice you were busy enough to where you, you weren't sitting around going, holy crap, it's crowded in here, right? I think there, there you yeah. are. You're back. I mean, you, oh, was I doing my thing again? Yeah, you're just doing your thing. It's cool, though. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I got to be special. You know, we've that. dealt with worse. We've <laughs> dealt with worse. I, when I get booted off an entire episode, you know, and, and nobody. Ever yeah. Did. The, the most yeah, that the, happened. Was that nobody, the last one where the storm rolled through? Yeah. And nobody said, Oh yeah, Brad got knocked out because of a storm. I just disappeared and nobody ever yeah, said you had anything. a lightning strike and. None of y'all said anything. I was just like, I, I edited the show and I'm like, the did, show they must least, go on. did they at least say, Hey, Brad's got a storm. No, nobody. He just, he's just not here anymore. Um, but yeah. So, uh, <laughs> as far as the shows go, um, all right. So if you have a plan to go to a show to sell any of your pins, are you going to look for a table? Or are you going to try to like vest pocket deal your first time around, you know, just kind of backpack with a, sign on it kind of deal or do you want to do you want to go full-fledged <laughs> grab tables and stuff like that what are you thinking i think i'd like a table like have the have things set up have a home home base i'm gonna need to bring someone with me though so i can shop definitely <laughs> i need, I need definitely. to get away from it for a while too <laughs> the mental exhaustion you feel after being a vendor at a show is unlike anything else i've ever dealt with before yeah, just so many people, so many faces, so many times saying pretty much the exact same thing, answering the same questions, which is all great. It's what we're there for. But it's it's a lot. Being what, you know, quote unquote on all the time right. is draining. 
It can be physically exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, well, and- I tried to talk to you in DC and you were just so busy. Like, I tried to talk to you for a minute. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to take the space in front of his table. Someone else wants it. Like, <laughs> I'll skedaddle. And, and I had Kristen there and, and still it was so busy. So, I, so busy. And, and having help and having, people around is is something i think that kind of gets overlooked a little bit sometimes when you're in the planning stages and oh uh, yeah dc 21 was the when the first one or 22 which the one i I went the one i went to was 20 21 21 yeah if we hadn't had people around you know uh to to say hey have y'all eaten yet or you know or hey can we go grab you a soda and bring it to you or something? I, I don't think we'd have made it. Yeah. It was. Oh, and you know, Mark and Johanna shout yep. out to those two. Cause they're the ones who are generally asking those questions and, you know, facilitating those food runs. That, that was great. Um, and Matthew for um, yeah, the, harang- uh, haranguing the staff until they turned the air conditioning on. That was great, too. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Man, it got hot in that room. Um, you think? Yeah. It wasn't too bad this year. I mean, it was hot just because it was so crowded, but there was a breeze in, in our room. Main room, I heard it got really warm. I honestly wouldn't know because I'd never made it. <laughs> but that could be beneficial. You didn't spend a whole lot, you know. I didn't buy anything in DC. <laughs> that I can remember. Didn't I don't have think a I chance. Did. Oh, yeah, I did. I No. No, no, no. I bought it in San Francisco. Yeah, I bought a pen from Ryan Krusak in San Francisco. Can I? Which one did yeah, you? He was it? my uh, he was my neighbor <laughs> in San Fran, so that was I, that was a lot I, of fun. So I, I got to know out. which one did you get? As I yeah, what what you you froze up on us? What? Yeah, that's what I was just saying. Yeah, I fro- I could tell I froze up. <laughs> and yeah, wait, are you gonna you gonna you gonna go with the goods? Which which pen did you get? Uh, one of his newer scrimshaw ones, no, uh, cool. where the dragon wins the battle, but he's eating the uh, the knight. Nice. <laughs> I got to get one more. <laughs> I've got to get at least one more for my collection. I've got I've got to get an ebony L sixteen from him. I've got the fourteen and fifteen. I need to get a sixteen to match. I think. Or maybe I need the fifteen. Maybe I've got the. Actually, that that's a good question for uh, for Michaela. <laughs> what, what, okay. what 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 question? Uh, maker pens. Oh. Uh, do you have a small collection growing? <laughs> oh yes, I do. Let me see. I have I have a drawer in my Toyota Craft <laughs> of my maker pens. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I do. I have I have a couple. I have one Carolina. Good pen. plug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I have my, I got a chart from, that's really cool. I got in DC where he poured the, uh, he, he hollowed out his pour and then poured it black, solid black mm-hmm. resin inside mm-hmm. the other. So you can kind of, it, it gives it a whole different look on the body of the pin. Then he did a matching band to it. 
It was really neat. Um, Very I have cool. one Jason Neal. I don't, I don't, I don't have any mythic. <laughs> got, got to get that can that. be that can be solved easily. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have like pen blow. I've got, I've got <laughs> some some good stuff. I, I'm quite a fan. I got my first Sean Newton in DC in Mayfair. <laughs> I don't have one in Sean's yet. I was just thinking about that. <laughs> oh, I got one of his his Ebonite with a swirl. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's super cool. <laughs> nice. Oh. Yeah, most of us will develop a little bit of a collection. <laughs> just a just a wee bit. Um, the barter so, system is a uh, great thing between makers. You know, I have this, <laughs> and I'm going to try to show you to you without without. That's my maker drawer. Ooh. And I still haven't made one for myself yet. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just like, have you made a pen for yourself yet? Oh, yeah. Then you're way ahead of most of us. Yeah. I I make myself ones all the time. (laughs) And then I pick the inks to use with mine. I'm having a ball. (laughs) That was one of my thoughts when I first started making pens. I was like, oh, yeah, man, if I'm going to a fancy gathering or something, I could always just make make one to match it or whatever. Still haven't done it. I actually I've, just made my first one for a, a pen friend. I'm about to mail it. I'll mail it to her tomorrow. And I met her in Atlanta, and she's like my first in person pen friend. Jackie, one dog night is her. Okay, nice handle. She came. She saw me sitting alone in Atlanta and just came and grabbed me. And it's been. I talked to her. I saw to see her in DC too. She's just been so so <laughs> kind. So I wanted to make her a pen. So I'm, that's I've been, awesome. Yeah, I've been finishing hers last bit. So I'm like super nervous to have like someone else use one of my pens. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what she says. <laughs> you know that the nervousness will, it'll subside um, at some point. You know, I, I think one, one of these days. Does it, does it subside though? <laughs> I think because the most nervous part is when you put it in the box and you send it until you hear, you know, they post on Instagram, look at this piece of junk or something like that, you know, and that's, that's the, that's the kind of nerve wracking point that you get to. Um, and hopefully, hopefully they don't post that. It's a, that it's a piece of junk. So I, I have to show off my, one of my prized possessions here. I recognize that one Remember that one. It's got the, yeah. the abalone finial in it and everything. Um, this is one I made mm-hmm. and I, I gave it to Jonathan to Arushi for me. God, what was it? years ago probably and uh oh gosh four years yeah no no it can't be four years ago uh two two yeah it's been bang a while up, bang up job on it brother um yeah so we got lucky. you got lucky well <laughs> oh whatever um you know and we all <laughs> i think I, I i a lot of times i end up i like a lot. Of, I like maker pens more than I like my own. I think that's why I haven't made one. You know, I like to get pens from other makers. I don't know. Something about seeing your own process, like you've yeah. seen it in the less beautiful state. Like yeah, I don't I've, know. So I've done it a bunch of times now. Is, yeah, right. The finished product's beautiful. Like it's it's ready to be presented. And you're always your own worst critic. Yes. Very true. Very true. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the good things yeah. about about the year is we do the uh, secret Santa now every year. So we kind of get to spread the love a little bit with the maker community. Um, again, we're going to be starting planning for That's that right. soon. I'm guessing. Right. Um, I can say, yeah, I'm going to say soon. 
we're going to have to do soon. And you know, that that's a great outlet for, um, getting to know more of the makers. We host a big shindig where we unveil everybody's pens that they got in the mail and, and all of that. So, uh, makers be on the lookout for that soon. We'll start getting the plans together for that, uh, plans together for other things as well. Um, but you know, your, your maker collection will grow. That's just, it's kind of part of the natural part of it too. Cause you want to, you want to pick up stuff from, you want to help support the community. Just like, you know, they, they help support you sometimes too. And you have an appreciation for their process. Yeah, you do. And oh, and definitely. hopefully they have an appreciation for your process too. Cause I just, <laughs> you know, I send another maker, one of mine and I'm just like, <laughs> cause you know, the first thing is going to get torn apart. <laughs> And the loop is going to come yep. out and the threads <laughs> are going to get inspected. And <laughs> how easy does the section thread in? Ooh, there's a little roughness on that thread, right? You know, that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's part of the fun though, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, I have a, uh, Michaela, I've got a question for you sure. with the pins that you're making. Are they all the same thread size or are you using different sized cap the body threads? Yeah. So now I'm just been using the same. I got a triple start, which is, you know, is not the cheapest for my cap. So right now I've just been using like an M13 on my cap and an okay. M pin on my body. Okay. I, at some point I think I'd like what? to play around with that a little more, but uh, I'm happy working within those confines for this at this point. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. With not, the uh, section, not everybody has to go M cap. Are you doing a uh, M ten? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Because I know you went you went twelve right on your sections now. Did you go twelve? Did you go eleven or twelve? I can't. Remember. Uh, no. Eleven. Yeah, 11, but it's a 14 double start thread. Right. I have trouble. I had to just, I don't snap as many sections that way. Right, right. <laughs> They're a little more, more sturdy that way. I couldn't find, I had a couple of um, pieces of vintage tube stock that had to have an 11, you know, because you're, it's a tube. And I could not find an 11 by one die anywhere. And that's, so I'm searching around, searching around for this 11 by one die and finally found a kind of sketchy one on eBay and didn't fit in my die holder. So I threw my die holder on the lathe and cut it out a little bit more and then cut it too big and then wasted a die holder. And then I went over to my, went over to one of my, my, my little cases, you know, with my labeled drawers and all that stuff. And I have an 11 by seven, five point seven five in there. Tap and die, just sitting in the drawer. <laughs> And it was the same size. I could have just thrown it in the in the die holder and just right there, man, the whole time, <laughs> staring at me. I think if I could start again, I would have gotten an eleven for my body because, like you said, it just gives you a little more wiggle room with those sections. But yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, we learned to make do with what we've got, and you know, like I said, work within the confines that you're that you're given with the tap dies and 
there's always room to grow. Well, it's a little give and take too. If you're using an M13, an M11, would your then you would worry about your body tenon being super thin. You know, when you go to the 14, you True. know, like my standard size is a 14. Now I took Jonathan's advice that he'd been giving me forever and just said, why don't you just start doing 14s? And, you know, then you're going to get that extra half mil wall thickness. And, uh, and it's, what is it? What is it that we say? As long as your inner diameter doesn't exceed World your outer diameter, you're fine. You know, that's, that's <laughs> kind of the, the rule. Yep. <laughs> Um, do you have any plans to branch yeah, that's out? That's the uh, bowl turner's mantra. Yeah, it <laughs> is right. Um, do you have any plans to branch out material wise? Do you have um, a material that you want to ju just jump to and try right off, you know, uh, fresh on your mind? Anything like that? That's funny you mentioned that because I have like ebonite in my cart <laughs> and I just haven't pulled the trigger on that yet. I'm not sure what to expect because I've, I've heard you have to sharpen your tools a lot. When turning ebonite, it's not but, as bad. It just smells terrible. That's the yeah. that's the biggest part. The smell is the worst part. Yeah. I'm just fascinated by what some of the colors you can get, and it just has a whole different look to it. So I, I, I'm going to try. I'm going to pull a bug. You wait and see. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just a, have it's to get a, brave enough. It's a cool jump to make because ebonite gives a just a totally different feel. Like for sections too. I mean, I. Oh, one of yeah. my models, you I use ebonite sections in that model now. It just has a whole different feel. But you know, Jonathan, I had the same thing that that black ebonite turning brown on me. Um, once it gets polished, I can't remember what brand it was. Nico, um, is it the Nico that was doing it? Because it looked yeah. great through sanding, all the way through sanding, it looked perfect. And then we put it on the buffer and uh, turned brown. Yeah, yeah. The SEM German ebonite is what's been really good stuff as of late i've got See, that and I've in got my some, card uh, that means i need to do it <laughs> yeah and it's meant to be there's some there's some great uh who was it vermont freehand to get some of the limited edition stuff that you can go yep. on and actually see before you pick it up and you know that's where i get all my sem and nyh stuff from well, if this isn't divine intervention <laughs> i mean you know you're not going to get either of us to say no don't do it so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, ebonite is, it's, it's a fun, it's fun to work with. You got to be careful about some of the, um, oh, there's a couple of the patterns that I got. I think it was some of the, the Indian stuff. It's, it pits really badly. You finish it, you, you, and there's oh, just yeah. pits, there's pits all the way through it. Those are, those end up being scratch and dent pins. Cause I'm not, cause you go to fix that one pit and guess what? You get four more. Yeah, as you're sanding, you'll see these little white specks all throughout yep. the blank because there's all the sanding dust filling in those little crevices. I mean, the patterns are cool and everything. It's just, you know, you don't not always. Frustrating. Yeah, I mean, it's hit and miss. Sometimes you get a good piece. Sometimes you don't. Yeah, but just just be ready to deal with the smell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, your dad has to deal with the smell. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, another benefit. <laughs> Another benefit to not having your shop in your own place like that. That's you can leave that burnt tire smell next door. Yep. Get out of home and not deal with that. There yeah. You go. There you go. Just spray yourself down with a uh, air compressor to get all the du any dust off of you and you're good. I think that's the exactly. only thing I use my compressor for anymore is just like after I'm buffing or polishing, whatever, I just hose myself off with the air now. Yeah. Probably about the only thing I use it for anymore anyway. 
Oh man, so ebonite's a good way to go. Um, Have you tried any uh, anything outside of uh, the resins like alumalite and standard acrylics? Have you tried any uh, like cellulose acetates or cellulite yet? No, I would love to. I don't even know where to get them. <laughs> it, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's one <laughs> yeah. of those you find somebody who's just looking to offload some stuff, and that's really about the only way to get it these days. Some of the stuff you can get pretty readily um, over in England. Um, but yeah, the, the, yeah, but there's a lot of the harder to find materials that you just have to kind of wait. Somebody will send me a random post from IEP or something like that, and it, it comes up every once in a while. You'll you'll find some of the rare stuff that comes up, but it, it's fun to work with as long as you you just have to clean up. I, I learned my lesson a couple of weeks ago. Almost learned my lesson the hard way. Um, I turned a bunch of CA stuff, and then I started making nickel silver rings. Nickel silver gets really hot. And cellulose acetate shavings don't like hot stuff. And I had one piece pop off and hit me in the hand. And I was like, whoa, that's way too hot. So I stopped everything I was doing. <laughs> and I cleaned the lathe all the way. I cleaned it 100% and got rid of every shred of it I could. Um, because I didn't want to deal with that. See, are you with us still? There, okay, there you are. Now you're moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I could tell I froze, so I was I didn't want to speak until I could see myself moving again. Well, that makes it fun. It's unpredictable and weird at that point. <laughs> Let's see where are right. we? Where are we? I, I forgot. I got to keep rocking so everybody knows I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> um. So where are we at on the question? We already asked about the lathe. Oh, right? I've got one. I've got a good one. Got. Yeah. Um, what brand nib do you uh, prefer to use, uh, Joe or Bach? So I, my initial thought when I started doing it was I'm going to do Bach because I don't see it as much. And I had a Bach on, have you heard of Kilk? Mm -hmm. K-I-L-K, Turkish company. Mm -hmm. I had a Kilk pen, Kilk Celestial with a Bach nib that I just love. So then I ordered a couple Bach nibs and made some pens and started using them. And I'm like, oh, these are horrid. <laughs> like, they, these are not as good as my, I don't know what they're doing at Kilk. <laughs> More they, quality control doing... than Bach does. That's what they're doing. Right. right. So yeah. I, I've kind of switched back and I've been doing mostly the Yovo. <laughs> like I've had a little more consistency okay. with them. I think Bach, if you can get a well-tuned Bach, it, they have such good, a little more balance than the Yovo does, which I like, but it's just the, yes. the quality control because I'm not a master nib meister by any stretch of the imagination. So it's not in my wheelhouse to be able to constantly be fiddling with them. And they don't label their sizes either. Oh. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to be really careful with, well, it depends on who you're buying in front, but yeah, you have to be really careful keeping them separated. Um, did you see that Joe now has double broad? No, I had not seen that. And I had somebody ask about one the other day and I was like, nope, they don't make them. Sorry. They, now I guess they do. <laughs> they just, um, I just released it. I think this past week. 
well, that means I'm going to have to get some because I, I, have like, broad. I like the broad nibs. I'm, I'm, you know, I started out with the extra fines when I first started. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's not <laughs> doing it anymore. So now it's all broad. And I have a, I had a really nice Bach double broad that Kirk worked on. I bought it from Kirk and he obviously, he, I'm, I'm thinking he worked on it a good bit before I got it because it was, I mean, it, it writes like a dream. Um, it would not have come out of the package that way. Yeah. <laughs> so Yovo double broads. I've had good experiences with the Bach number eight nibs, the gold ones. Yeah. I've had good experience with that, but not the steel. Steel number six nibs. No. 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 My pen I got from Sean had a, had a Bach, and it, it writes awesome. But again, he tuned it right there for me. So like, he, he knows a lot more yeah. about that. and had it you know worked on so i could test it right there but me ordering them directly i'm not having that sort of stuff that's another benefit of going to a show and talking to a talking to the makers because most of us will you know when we don't technically or we don't typically do it every time we sell a pen at the shows we we typically try to tune them i know i know jonathan got me doing it um (laughs) i didn't set out to do that but now i take all my my uh my stone age tuning tuning supplies compared to what his setup is like at his table <laughs> but that's you know and it's it's always better you want the pen to write you know i i look at it i look at all my nibs under a loop and if they're misaligned or anything i'll fix them but you know i do i do check them on paper and see how they write before i ship them out um every once in a while one will slip through that doesn't quite write as well as it should but um you know i'm not a I'm not a grinder. I'm not a master tuner either. Yeah. I had a few people in San Francisco option out of me inking them up. And I just said, you know, whenever, you know, I, I check alignment and everything was fine. As I said, whenever you do ink it up, if you do it here at the show and you find that it's not writing how you like to bring it over to me and we'll, we'll tune it because they were in a hurry. You had to go to a class or something. So they, they just opted out of, that side of the deal and thankfully nobody brought one back i did have to do one nip swap they they left with the extra fine and ended up wanting a uh either a fine or a medium so i just had to mail one out but that was that was the extent of that um but michaela with michaela excuse me uh with going to all the uh the shows this year at least now when you go to be a vendor at a show you you have that you know, knowledge base of what all the other makers are doing, you know, display wise, nip tuning, you know, X, Y, Z, and you kind of have a good idea of what you're, what you might want to do when you go to be a vendor now. Yeah. And after DC, I made sure I wrote down a bunch of notes, but when I was in Atlanta and actually like buying that pen from you was such an amazing experience that I, I like, cause you ink it and you, tuned it and everything right there and i was like holy cow like this is incredible versus me getting a pen in the mail and it's not writing and i'm trying to figure out if it's me or if it's the pen or if it's the ink or it was so nice to have like that cohesive experience that it really like influenced my thinking and really led me to be more into the maker scene and wanting to learn more and it was, it was such a good experience uh-huh. like it was awesome thank you i try <laughs> <laughs> He does an okay yeah, job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I try. 
<laughs> no, I try. But yeah, the uh, I do find having, like you said, have that final experience with the pen before you walk away. That is like the you know the cherry on the you know top. The pen buying Sunday really kind of pushes that. Yeah, I couldn't think of the right word. I was, I was. It happens. You were frozen <laughs> at the time. That was the problem. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say my brain was frozen, not the screen that time. I lost my trail of thought. It's okay, though. It just makes it a cohesive experience, I guess. <laughs> well, it's one of those things that makes right. buying, buying from a maker special. <laughs> as compared to buying from more of a, like a representative of a manufactured company or something like that, you know, buying from a maker is a, is more of a special experience from my maker's perspective. Right. We're not, you know, you're not selecting. Yeah. You're not selecting the pen. And then as a distributor, we're finding the right correlated box that, it, you know, has that pen and you hand it to them. It's, it's more interactive, more hands-on, more, you know, bespoke. So we've been going for a while now here. Uh, Jonathan, I think you, uh, you, since you wrote down most of the questions tonight, I'd give you the, the, the <laughs> opportunity to have the final question before we thank our guest tonight. Wow. Well, let's go down the list real quick and see what might've left off. I don't think we missed anything. I was looking uh, back over it. I would just, it's kind of a reiteration of a question you did earlier. So now that you have, you know, the experiences you have as a maker, as a new maker, if somebody say you do your first show next year and somebody who was in your shoes now walks up to you and asks, what's something they, that you really think they need to know when they first get started, what what would be your answer to that question? I think be patient because don't. I, I was trying to when I would start, I would get very excited and I would try to do everything in one night. I, and I would want to, I would want to rush through because I was so excited, and I would right. be staying up late and not making the best decisions because I was tired. So definitely, like it takes time. There's no no need to rush it take the time, enjoy the process. And like, you're going to mess up and that's going to be okay. Like yeah. you're going to mess up a lot. <laughs> yes, you are. And don't, don't use the most beautiful blank <laughs> un until you're pretty sure you've got this. Cause I ruined some really cool blanks very early on. <laughs> That'll happen. Oh no. As long as it's not your last one too, that that's the other one, <laughs> you know, don't use the last one that you have out of, out of <laughs> right. <that. laughs> that stock too man well we do appreciate you taking time out of your evening to have a conversation with us here um you know we're looking forward to seeing great things come out of come out of your shop thank you so much and thank you for inviting me it's just i'm i'm so flattered it's been wonderful i love having you on thank you for doing it so, uh, yeah, everybody, we're going to, uh, again, thank you to Michaela Jackson for, uh, stopping by for our little combro, our combro, combro, my brain again, dude, 
conversation about pen making <laughs> and everything. Oh, you know. So, uh, yeah, we're trying to get ourselves back on schedule here with As the Pen Turns. We're going to have uh, this episode coming out shortly. Um, look forward to in the coming weeks. The uh, Secret Santa announcement will be soon, hopefully. We'll get that list and start taking um, taking applications, but we'll start accepting participants participants <laughs> into the uh, the Secret Santa program. Um, if you're interested in that, keep an eye out on our Instagram uh, feed that we probably should put something on soon. Uh, it's been a while since we've actually updated anything on the feed. Any final words there, Jonathan? Uh, it's the multifaceted world. It is. I didn't want to. I had to make sure I fit that in. It definitely is. It definitely (laughs) is. So, uh, yeah. um, Hey, Michaela, you actually get to participate in our traditional goodbye here this time. So we'll see if we can make. We'll see if we can make this work. (laughs) So here we go. Yeah, I'm I'm sure you've probably heard it before. So for everybody here at As the Pen Turns, I'm Brad. I'm Jonathan. I'm Michaela. Everybody have a great week. (laughs) 